podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Hey, good morning, everybody, or hello, good evening. Hello. (laughs) We are not singing this week, too. (laughs) That's true. Somebody always ends up starting with some sort of sung hello. Now I just did it, but that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Just feels like the weirdly most natural way to say hello on a podcast. I don't know why. Maybe because we're all musicians. I don't know. Mm, I think so. (laughs) So hi, Pete, our special guest this week. Should I be singing? I didn't didn't realize that (laughs) was part of it. Feel free to, yeah. Enter into the thicket. Apparently you sing. Is that how that works? That's right. Yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of song in the thicket, you know? That's right. Whether from joy or pain, it's all, you know... (laughs) It's beautiful. It's an eruption. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. right. (laughs) Yeah, so we are so excited today. Um, We have Pete Burak as our special guest. And um, and then Erin, Nicole, and I are are here, and it's the new year. Um, We're pretty fresh into the new year, just kind of week two of January. And how are you guys doing? How how is your new year going? Like, are you resolution makers? Have you broken them already? You know, what's what's it been like? (laughs) Yeah. This is, okay, I just would uh, like to share a lovely Christmas present that I got from my sister. So this is also partly to remind people that um, if you like the podcast, go and write us a review on IT Mm. or on Apple Podcasts because it helps us to uh, reach more people. But um, the reason that I say that is that I was the first one to write a review about the podcast (laughs) and say, this is an awesome podcast. You guys should listen. I am one of the podcasters. But then realized after that for some reason, my name when I post on Apple Podcasts is Aaron Zombie Lover. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I thought I, you knew that. I thought you did that on purpose. That's no, really hilarious. So, okay, so I did it one point, but it must have been like a long time ago. I think it was when The Walking Dead just started. Mm. So I was like, I really also, were Aaron really like a lover. really big twilight person too so yeah i really like twilight as well i mean vampires <laughs> zombies that's yeah hilarious. i love twilight oh i don't know my that's, gosh, that's that is. so funny anyway so my christmas present from or one of them from my sister is she has a cricket like one of those machines that can cut out things you know that you can put on stuff so oh, okay. she made me this cup <laughs> and oh, for those awesome. who are listening at this time it is a huge <laughs> black coffee mug because i'm a big fan of coffee uh, and it says Aaron zombie lover on it and has a really lovely cutout of a zombie so I'm just that enjoying really, that you know it's very clear that he's a zombie actually the way yeah. that he's sort yeah. of yeah that's staggering awesome. around yeah. yeah so that's me how are you guys doing good I did I actually made well I found in past years trying to make resolutions that it depend like if they stick it's because they were already kind of happening like it was already something that I was like maybe God was leading me to like work on a certain area or whatever it is um and the ones that didn't stick are the ones where I'm sort of being like oh I should do this and kind of being hard on myself so Mm. I tried to really intentionally this year like go through different areas of my life like different you know in my my PhD work and in spiritual life and health stuff and whatever and go through okay like what are my desires in this area and um just kind of going through that way. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Sort of. Cool. It's not like I'm uh, perfectly uh, uh, enacting all of these things because it was a large list, but I have it like, you know, 
I made a little poster and stuff and it's like very intentional. Yeah. Trying to be intentional with that and not just Mm -hmm. being like, Oh no, exercise 12 times a week or something, you know, but like (laughs) just realistic desires for the year. So we'll see. Right. What about you, Pete? How's your new year going? Yeah. You know, it was funny. Uh, at the end of 2020, I, I think I read probably like 15 different articles about like, praise God, 2020 is over. And, you know, right. this, this like very interesting perspective as if like 2020 was the worst year in human history. And I'm not mm. suggesting that it wasn't hard, uh, very hard for all of mm-hmm. us. Um, but it, it actually like prompted me to think like, I, I'm not sure I want to um, do something new in 20. It's kind of what you were saying. It's not so much doing something new in 2021 as continuing and doubling down on whatever the Lord was inviting me to in 2020. Like, I don't want to run from the lessons of this past year. I want to deepen them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, that was more on like a, Ooh, kind of big picture level (laughs) Uh, on a very practical level. My, my wife has kind of struck out into a new uh, mission uh, that she's very passionate about. And so I've, it's been really fun to not be the protagonist of a mission, you know, so Mm -hmm. most of my life I've been leading something. Uh, when it comes to mission and it now this is definitely her thing and it's all about it's a women's ministry it's called the women's school and um and she's just super passionate about it and she's a strategist with them now and i get to be in full support mode you know whatever that's that means awesome. whether that's taking the kids or helping her with the scripts for how to invite people into the the class with her and all this stuff and it's just been really fun to yeah, to just kind of put my gifting at the service of her mission, which is, mm, yeah. you know, our collective family mission. It's not yeah. like she's just off on her own. But um, yeah, so that's been kind of that's the, so the cool. new 2021 thing. Yeah, We actually interviewed um, Lisa Canning. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she talks all the time. I mean, she's part of the women's school. Like, yeah. I'm hearing such Me amazing too, yeah. things, you know? So well, we should like, uh, we should talk about it. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we'll, like, have your wife on. and uh, There you go. There you go. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd <laughs> she be just cool. doesn't suffer a lot before she comes on, and, and then it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to take that, but we'll, we'll figure that out there. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, Sweet. Okay. How about you, Rachel? How's your new year so far? It's going well. So, actually, this is something else I, I forgot to mentioned Pete we had a little chat before we uh, we you know started recording and um uh I Pete uh works with so many different ministries but including renewal ministries and ID 916 and um all the wonderful work that happens there um so and I have some some sort of connection with those ministries but also I uh, love basketball and I know I used to play basketball in college and right now I mean I'm in Toronto so you know Raptors fan and um so I'm gonna I'm going to interrupt you and say like <laughs> Raptors fan yes but but her and her sister pray for the Raptors like they pray they for the souls of all <laughs> the players do. and like and I have we have pictures that we've actually posted for the podcast of Rachel watching the you know when the Raptors won yeah. um that year, and then of Rachel yeah. like watching and there's some kind of bad move and she's like yeah yeah are you an official intercessor for the Raptors then is that yeah. your it's not official but if they want it to be you know I'm here so Raptors if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> I, you know, actually Sister Mary, who is, um, who I used to work with, I used to work at a chaplaincy and she, she works there at the chaplaincy. And, um, she told me one time, she was like, maybe you could be like a chaplain, you know, like, uh, for the Raptors. And I was like, whoa, maybe like, maybe that's a path the Lord is opening up somehow in my that's life. Awesome. So, okay. We'll tag there. them then when we post the, you know, <laughs> promos and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that totally. sounds so good, man. If, 
please, Lord, you know, please let the Raptors, their souls. I mean, it's really their souls that I'm concerned about the most, but the basketball is also important. Anyway, so yeah, yeah so I've just been, we have a um, essentially like fantasy basketball league in my family that's going on right now. And it's the first time I'm playing fantasy basketball, but like, so I'm paying a lot more attention to the regular season and other teams that I don't normally watch than I normally would. So my new year's been <laughs> surprisingly more full of basketball than I thought it would be. Um, and then otherwise, yeah, just a lot of, in a way there is a bit of a reset for me. I think there's a lot of different things going on in my personal life and changes and new semester at school. And I'm doing sort of theology, studying theology right now. And so, yeah, it's a lot of kind of what you said, Nicole, introspecting, introspective sort of work before our semester starts on Monday. And just kind of listening to the Lord and figuring out how to orient myself to this year, which I haven't quite yet, but working on it, you know. Cool. Work in yeah. progress. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, this is not a podcast about basketball. <laughs> it is a podcast about suffering. So, um, so yeah. So, Pete, we're going to sort of dive into, you know, as Aaron likes to say, what do you say, Aaron? Like the sufferings of your life. The deep or... <laughs> sufferings of your heart. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. Let's do it. Um, So one of the things we wanted to ask you, because you, um, you work with so many people who are in ministry and, and um, you know, working to evangelize um, and you talk about sort of leaning into suffering in ministry and that that actually um, helps us to evangelize others. And we wanted to ask you sort of what you mean by that and what sort of your experience has been with that. Sure. And I think that it's important to make a distinction between uh, the suffering that comes from brokenness or um, comes from circumstances in life that are outside of your control. And then the, the actually divine um, gift of suffering, if you will, the a holy discontent, uh, a righteous anxiety that the Lord can open up in us that actually unites us to his wounds for the salvation of the world. Right. So there mm-hmm. is that very mm-hmm. rich history and rich teaching of the church of, of, us being invited into the sufferings of Christ to participate in his salvific work for the world that uh, we, you know, St. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And he, he has that other passage. That's very confusing where he says like, I make up for the, 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 the sufferings in Christ, like, which is the lack of like somehow he's fulfilling something that was lacking, but it's not really lacking. But what he's basically <laughs> saying is that the Lord in his um, generosity, even creates space for us to, to suffer with him. Uh, and that actually has an impact on the world that the, the graces that are quote unquote one for in the, in those moments do actually help somebody um, achieve the ultimate end of what we're, this life is about, which is, you know, mm-hmm. to know, love and serve God in this life and for all eternity. Right. And so it's, it's really important to, to parse that out though, because not, um, as you guys know, it's not all suffering is created equal. There's, there's, there's distinctives. All suffering can be used for good. All mm. grace can come from all forms of suffering, but there is a distinction between the, the suffering that is maybe even kind of willed by the Lord for a specific purpose, because it's not, it's not bad suffering. It's more of a, a wound he's giving us so as to drive us towards a particular mission, as mm. opposed to, um, either physical suffering or emotional suffering or something that, that he doesn't directly will, but allows that then teaches us how to, to walk in. And so when we, when I'm talking to people in ministry, one of the um, things that I always want to encourage people to discern is what is your unique wound? What is your Mm -hmm. ache? 
What is the thing that has come from the heart of the father and been implanted into your heart that then helps you see a vision for, for mission? Because it's very often through this ache that he places on our heart that we don't go looking for necessarily. Mm -hmm. And we don't try to drum it up. It's not something that you can just kind of like sit there and be like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to be, you know, have this wound (laughs) for the loss. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a divine arrow. It's a, it's a, um, Mm. a thing that actually comes from sitting in the the furnace of transformation, which is solitude and silence. Henry now says like Mm. more we are alone with the Lord, the more we know him and he knows us or he always knows us, but the more we know ourselves in him, Mm. the more space that is created for him to actually give us a piece of his heart, you know, and ultimately what you see in the saints is like a fullness of that where they mm-hmm. are driven by this desire to reach those who don't know him or to serve the the poor or to uh, bring education to those who don't have it or something. There's this ache that opens up in them that connects to an ache that he has for his people. And then that drives us towards mission. And so whether you want to call that holy discontent or a, a divine wound or a, just a, a righteous ache, ache that is within you, um, discerning that is is vitally important because it's often the thing that sustains mission. Mm. And it's, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit, ultimately. Mm. And for me, that was uh, a few years ago, 2011, when I was discerning ministry and and just spending a lot of time asking the Lord what he wanted for my life and what he wanted for my ministry. Um, I found myself one day in adoration, just weeping, kind of like ugly crying, you know, like <laughs> snot and the whole thing. And it was, you know, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> and you fun. don't, you never have tissues when that happens. You're oh, like, no, that's right. Why? Only yeah. your shirt. That's the only yeah. sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> and all the other good Christians in the Adoration Chapel are kind of like scooching a little further away. You know, it's like, what's happening? This person? It, tells you, it tells you something. But um, yeah, and what it was, was like, I didn't go looking for this, this wound for my generation, our generation. It just erupted in me. All of a sudden, I just found myself genuinely sorrowful uh, for those who didn't know Jesus particularly mm-hmm. in our generation, people in their 20s and 30s. You know, blessed are those who weep. Uh, it's not just weeping because of some outside thing that's happened to you, but an actual like heartache, both weeping for your sins, but also weeping for those who do not know the Lord. Uh, and the, so many of the great saints talk about that, that sorrow that emerges for those who are far from God. And um, again, I'm not holding myself up as some sort of model of this. It's not like I walk through every day, tears streaming down my face for the, the <laughs> lost, but there is a fire that burns now because of, um, yeah, that little kind of sword slash of the spirit mm-hmm. in my heart. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Just before we get into like the serious stuff about this, I would just like to say that the whole c- ugly crying thing with masks is a very different experience <laughs> oh, yeah. because the snot is oh, then con- yeah. contained in the mask, which is wet. The tears are going along the top of the mask, and like it's just like it's yeah. even yeah, more was... sorrowful, you know? Yeah. 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 And I, you yeah. sort of you're praying that no one is around when you have That's to take right. that thing off. You're yeah. Like, oh my gosh. It's just yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Those are my, you're echoing my thoughts of like, oh, sometimes it's kind of handy because you can kind of cry into the mask. Right. Yes. That's right. Absolutely gross. Yeah. Yeah. For real though, like when you're talking about that, uh, like, um, it makes me think about what it what it means to kind of flesh out or in flesh having a heart for the lost, right? Because we talk about like having a heart for the lost, but but I think it's true that um, that the Lord brings that about in our hearts in different ways. Like it's not just kind of some generic, you know, whatever, right? Uh, and 
even I don't I think we talked about it on the podcast once before, but I remember there's one um, episode from the Poco a Poco podcast where they talk about kind of the word that the Lord gives with your life, you know, like John mm. the Baptist, like prepare the way, you know, and there's like this kind of word that he speaks that is particular to our lives. Um and even in that that aspect of like having a heart for the lost, like what does that mean? What is my role in that? You know, like, um, and even how the Lord, like, I find it so beautiful sometimes how He uses it kind of like a puzzle, right? Like it's like every person has this particular role, and all of these things together just form this like beautiful picture of what He's doing in in the world. But but sometimes I think we don't kind of talk about like what it means to. Um, like to find that role for ourselves or like how you can do that? Like what things in yourself do you actually have to look at or let the Lord show you to figure out what that, like what your piece of the puzzle is, you know? Yeah. And you know, St. Paul talks about this in terms, he, instead of a puzzle, he says one body of many parts, yeah. right? We're, we're all one spirit, uh, but a, a variety of gifts that have been given to the body to build up the body and then to be able to have a healthy functioning church community that can actually go out and, and seek and save the lost. So we don't, we have, we all originate hopefully in the same spot, which is the, the heart of the Lord, right? And the Father, Son, Holy Spirit sends mm-hmm. us. Uh, but how we are sent into whom we are sent is as diverse as each of our lives. And so what you, again, you see is just such wonderful, um, what, what Mother Teresa demonstrates to us compared to John Paul II, to, compared to St. Francis, compared to Catherine of Siena, or you just go down the line, they all, they're all ultimately working towards the same end. They're all pulling mm-hmm. in the same direction, but because of their unique personalities, unique giftings, unique circumstances, they have a different role to play. And that's, it's just so wonderful that the Lord would see us that way. We're not supposed to be these little automatrons who all have the same heartbreak, but we all are supposed to have a certain heartbreak. Mm. And again, it's a heartbreak that comes from wholeness, not brokenness. It's a heartbreak that comes from, I've been, I have been transformed. Therefore I'm capable of receiving something from the Lord to drive me to mission. Um, the, if, if, if we get too far out of our, in front of our own wholeness in him, it actually can, it can be kind of damaging for everyone because then we're actually operating out of wounding. And even if it looks fruitful, and even if it might even seem anointed, some of the things we're doing, if it's coming from a place of of brokenness and wounding in ourselves, ultimately, it's probably going to, there's going to be some poison in that tree, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why our own personal walk with the Lord still comes first and foremost. We still need to be transformed by him. It doesn't mean we're perfect. You know, Pope Francis talks about this. Like you don't need to be totally equipped, totally perfect, totally whole, because that's unrealistic. That's never, that's not going to happen before he sends you, but to be on that journey towards wholeness and to be taking steps that are in um, continuity with the wholeness that the Lord is leading you into. And and that's just a work of the spirit. And so um, to be able to be, to relax in his presence, to be able to trust that he's leading us, but then to believe that he's not only drawing us into his heart, but he's also drawing us into his heart so that he can send us out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sort of kind of piggybacking on the, this idea of, um, you know, wholeness, like suffering, the, the the wounds that God sort of, the arrows of God, you know, you mentioned that that he blesses us with for the sake of others, you know, as well. Um, and then the suffering that comes from brokenness. Um, I want to ask you like there in ministry or just in life as a disciple, walking authentically with people often requires, or often means like some kind of, uh, mesh of both. Like, cause you're, cause like you said, we're constant, we're trying to 
be renewed in the Lord all the time, which means that we're faced with these wounds that come from brokenness all the time, as well as sort of that wound that is the that is also part of the driving force of our ministry, which is which is like you said, a different thing. But I was wondering for you, how how do you find God sort of calling you to manage the wounds that come from brokenness or just not necessarily your brokenness and be the brokenness of others or, you know, just kind of the wounds that come as part of, of this side of heaven. Um, how does that fit in maybe in ministry, but also in, in your life as a disciple in general, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot there. Um, a couple thoughts. The first is uh, very much reminding myself a, a lot that I am not the healer. And I am not capable of healing myself or healing anyone else. Mm-hmm. That if I have any role to play in the the wholeness and healing of somebody else, it's simply as a conduit of what the, the divine healer wants to do, the divine physician through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so if I have a, uh, if I'm tasked to do something in that, praise God. And if I'm not, praise God, it's, it's, it's not up to me. And then especially in my own life, the more I try to, in I'm sure you've talked about this on the podcast, the more you try to fix yourself, the, the less it's going to work. You know, mm-hmm. the, the more broken you are, the more you need to actually gather up those fragments and just bring them to the foot of the cross. Um, there's just such a massive misconception in the church right now of that I have to have some level of wholeness before I go to Jesus and mm-hmm. then kind of get me over the finish line. It's like the complete opposite. If you, you, you look at the Gospels, the, the people who receive kind of the most attention from him are those who are the most broken and they mm-hmm. know it, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus loves the, just Jesus. I mean, he loves all of us, but Jesus just has this incredible compassion for those who are broken and they know it. The, the people he rails against are the people who are broken and they don't think they are. So when he goes after the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, it's not because he doesn't have deep compassion for their sin and deep desire to heal them and deep, mercy that is extended to them just as much as the woman caught in adultery, every bit as much, right? Mm-hmm. But what the reason he's approaching them with the woe to you scribes and Pharisees and the, and the way he's approaching it is he's kind of trying to snap them awake to say like, you don't think you have a problem yeah, and you have a huge problem, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and he's also aware of like, I can't really do anything about your problem unless you acknowledge it unless you bring it to me unless you say yes to me and he's trying to try and he's like so often i think we read those hard passages as as if jesus isn't interested in their salvation or he's angry Mm -hmm. at them or something no it's like he's doing that out of the most genuine place of love possible the reason he's speaking the way he is is because he loves them and he knows they need to be woken up to their reality and so so that's that's where i'd start with that um and then I, i do think maybe the most significant uh, way the the church can serve the world. And I don't know. I'm, yeah, I think it's right up there with the most significant way the church can serve the world. And one of the ways the church is not serving the world. So mm. it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. One of the most significant ways we can serve the world. And one of the ways we are failing the most as, especially as like individual people mm-hmm. is um, having and living in genuine compassion for the people around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recognizing mm-hmm. that compassion, the word means to suffer with. Yeah. Right? Uh, Mm -hmm. that's, that's actually what it means to suffer with somebody. Mm -hmm. And the reason we don't have compassion, the reason we don't know how to suffer with other people is because we, and this is again from Henry now, and I'm stealing all this from him, but (laughs) where's the heart? Check it out. It's really good. He, he says, the reason compassion is lacking is because we don't spend any time in solitude and silence. Mm -hmm. It's actually Mm -hmm. only in silence 
with the Lord, where we are naked before the King, where we are truly known. And, and the reason that births compassion is as we see ourselves for who we really are, we realize we have nothing to be proud of. We have nothing to own. We have no, we are no better than any other person that we would meet on the street or in the gutter or in the the brothel, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't, no matter where they are, the more I know my own heart, the more I realize the depth of my own sin, the depth of my own brokenness and the depth of my need for a savior. So how could Mm -hmm. I possibly judge or be in and stand in sort of condemnation over somebody else? Mm -hmm. And so what that births in us is a genuine desire and willingness to suffer with others because to have compassion for them, because we know how much the Lord suffers with us. Mm -hmm. And so as we experience his love suffering with us, it actually gives us the ability to suffer with uh, others in genuine compassion. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, and that's just, that's just something I'm just trying to live in more and more of just trying to, uh, walk humbly with the Lord, be still and know that he is God mm-hmm. to spend as much time as possible alone with him. And the more I've done that, um, the more I've realized like, wow, I, I, I'm looking at my, my, my cousins and my sister and brothers-in-law and anybody I meet with a, just a different, different eyes. I yeah. just see them differently. And for all their joys and sorrows and sufferings and shortcomings, it's just what's been birthed in me is just a much more genuine desire to just sit and weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn, not so that we stay there, mm-hmm. but so that we can actually be drawn out of it. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's um, really important. The distinction that you're, you're highlighting here between the different types of suffering, like, just, you know, kind of going back and how this relates, um, you know, the suffering that like the wound of, like you think of, um, like you mentioned Mother Teresa and how she she had the words I thirst that were just like imprinted on her and drove her ministry, right? And that was that like that pain that was this beautiful, this beautiful wound that led her whole ministry, right? Um, and that being different, that kind of suffering that that is fruitful and leads to to love, um, being different from like our own human brokenness. And I think it's so true that especially now when we have so many things at our fingertips to distract ourselves from our own self, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, throughout like, like just Netflix entertainment, uh, everything, right? Uh, we, can, we can literally go an entire day without really being alone with our own thoughts because it's really, I think it's really hard to do that. I think mm-hmm. because, right, as soon as you're alone, that's when you face all of, all of the stuff. And sometimes we don't know what to do with that. Um, but it's only, like you say, kind of in encountering that and letting ourselves sit with that, you know, with the Lord. And then sometimes bringing that to to counseling or to spiritual direction or just in community and all of these things that we can now kind of encounter ourselves and, and, and start that journey of healing, which I think maybe is part of what can allow us to learn to discern, you know, what of what of this suffering, what of this woundedness is my stuff that I I just I'm um, I I can work through and I can receive healing if I will let myself be open to it. And what is the woundedness from the Lord that can lead to ministry? And I think so often we don't even get to a point of being able to distinguish between the two yeah. because we haven't let ourselves be silent and and face the stuff, you know. One hundred percent. Yeah, and it's it it's. It's just, there's so many angles to this, right? I mean, because even mm. there's certain wounds, St. Paul talks about that, the thorn in his side that he pleaded with God mm-hmm. to take from him and that in his divine wisdom didn't relieve him of, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and that that's yeah. that's kind of confusing. And then, of course, you have the book yeah. of Job, which is 
super confusing, but beautiful <laughs> where, you know, the yeah. it kind of the culminating moment of Job is where he's crying out to God, give me an answer. And God's answer is like, Hey, were you there when I created the earth? Were you there <laughs> right. when I put the fish in the sea? Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey dude, like either you trust me or you don't, but yeah. you're not going to understand it. Even if I tried to explain it to you. So just hang in there, you know, yeah. so we have that whole thing. And then my, I think my favorite quote from Pope Francis is from Evangelii Gaudium section 24. And, uh, and it pertains very much to what we're talking about here, where he says an evangelizing community uh, gets involved in people's daily lives. He says it bridges distances. And he says is willing to abase itself if necessary. I don't even fully know what he means by that, but it sounds pretty intense. And then he says, this is the key point. He says is willing to reach out and touch the suffering flesh of Christ in others. Mm-hmm. You reach out and ru- touch the suffering flesh of Christ in others. And, you know, back in the day, if you saw somebody with leprosy and you touch them, you would get leprosy probably get leprosy. <laughs> yeah. or yeah. today, right? If, if yeah. you see somebody with COVID and you've touched that, you know, like who knows what's going to happen. Right. But mm-hmm. the point is most of us are not going to encounter somebody with leprosy. What we're going to encounter is um, abuse and um, loneliness and fear and anxiety and sin and just all sorts of suffering flesh that's lingering underneath the surface. And as Christians, it is our, is our uh, operate kind of our MO, like the, the way our instinct to reach out and touch it, to, to be a healing presence, or is it to back away and say, you know, it's not worth it. It's not, uh, this is going to ruin my weekend type of thing. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the idea, idea, do we weep with those who weep? Do we mourn with those who mourn? The, the mark of the Christian community has always been when it's healthy, this willingness to risk, to have the courage to risk something physically, emotionally, to demonstrate that I love you enough that I I'm willing to enter into your mess. Mm -hmm. So as, and stay in your mess Mm -hmm. for as long as the Lord wants me here. So as to help bring you out. And of course there's times where we have to back away and there's, of course there's there's Mm -hmm. prudence. You can't just kind of go willy nilly into all these things. And that's, again, I love the fact you brought up counseling and there's a lot of other modes, really good structural things that can help us. But is it just part of our DNA as a Christian that when I see somebody who's suffering, my instinct, my, my impulse is to, to reach out and touch it so mm-hmm. as to run the risk of it in impacting me too, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody yeah. who's suffered yeah. with somebody else, as it implies, means you're also suffering. Yeah. And that, uh, that is a challenge, but it's, it's also a really beautiful and unique part of being human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I was just thinking, like, I've had experiences in the last few years, which have been very unique in in what you're talking about, where the Lord has sort of brought me together with another good Christian friend who is going through some similar um, journey of like healing. And so neither of us is sort of leading the way, but we're both sort of walking alongside, like sort of shoulder to shoulder in our journey of personal suffering. And, but it's been very sort of, um, yeah, like very, uh, very fraternal. Like there was a sense of we, the fact that we were not alone yet. It was really clear. The Lord was leading us and very different circumstances, but, but there was something that united us in, in sort of the journeys that we were on. And it was, I've had a few experiences of that. So being sort of suffered with, with someone else and having that opportunity simultaneously to suffer with them. And it was, it's been extremely powerful, but also in very much not in ministry situations, like in very much in situations of like friendship and, and accompaniment. And even as you were talking about a church that suffers with, I was thinking like that, that fear of reaching into someone's life 
it's not, it's not, it doesn't have to be official. It's not like you, you are a campus minister or you're, it's, it's just your brother and sister, you know, in Christ or, or outside of the church that is in your life and that God may be calling you to walk alongside with, but it's, yeah, it's, it's painful. And so we run away. It's very natural to want to run away, but there's so much that God wants to do in those kinds of relationships of compassion and suffering with, you know? Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, an organization can't be compassionate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a building can't be compassionate. Only people can be compassionate. So, like, I don't I don't even know if it's valuable in our minds to make some a distinction between a ministry moment and a not ministry moment mm-hmm. in the sense mm-hmm. of, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you have a job title or if you, you're paid to do it. Um, hmm. In fact, usually all the pay means is you have more administrative work that comes with it. That, yes, that, amen and amen. <laughs> it doesn't change anything about how I would want to be living. You know, it's just I, I happen yeah. I happen to be have some structural things around it. But especially as it pertains to walking with people in in genuine friendship, um, that that again, that's not unique to a, a job description. That's that's actually just fundamental to your baptismal call. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the only way the church can be compassionate is if the people in the church are compassionate, mm-hmm. the organization, like I said, the structure, the hierarchy, all of it, even the teachings in and of them, they're not, they're all need to be embodied in the person. I mean, that's, that's the whole mystery of the incarnation too. It's like Jesus came as an actual man so that there, he demonstrates the, the high value of each individual person, um, and how that the fullness of truth and the fullness of what we're called to can can actually be in some mysterious way embodied in an individual person, mm-hmm. not just in an organization. And of course, we're stronger as a community and we're, that we're called to do this as a community, but it still comes down to each one of us um, partaking in this individually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like, maybe I could even... Um ask about things even from a different, like a little bit of a different angle when we're talking about like personal experiences of suffering, whether it's, whether it's kind of, you know, emotional suffering or like Salva Fuji Dolores has like distinctions, you know, moral, like all those kind of things, but whatever it is, like whatever our experience of suffering, um, I think that the time that we're in now, because there's a particular tendency to run away from suffering, I think at this time more than there has been at any other time, like people somehow think that suffering can be avoided or, you know, whether it's through distraction or whether it's through things like euthanasia or abortion or like any things like that, you know, um, and there's a tendency towards that, that the witness of a Christian who suffers well is particularly needed at this time in our history, you know, and the like the kind of hope and the mysteriousness that comes from that. So maybe like I'm wondering what your experience of that has been with evangelization or even in your even in your own life, like what the Lord has done with that. Yeah. No, there's no question that the gospel is the most different from the world in 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 and through suffering and death. Mm-hmm. Um the it it ceases to be seen as some sort of life enhancer or um mm-hmm. therapeutic. Uh, personal decision, the gospel, when faced with with these universal conditions of suffering and death and a universal desire to kind of understand and navigate it. Mm. And the way we approach it is just fundamentally different than the rest of the world. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, the, a lot of the the rest of the world would agree on a lot of our, some of our other moral teachings. Some of some not, but a lot of them, you know, traditionally speaking, you know, don't kill people, don't don't lie, be a good person. You know, kind of even even things like meditation and prayer and all that. That's not like necessarily unique to mm-hmm. Christianity. There are some obvious distinctives in terms of who Jesus is and what he wants to do in your life and all that, the sacraments. But mm-hmm. in terms of like one of the most radical departures from what the world considers to be true and what we consider to be true is the meaning of suffering or the potential meaning of suffering yeah the potential value of suffering i I mean just the fact that we would you would have saints who would who would be praying to suffer asking for more suffering in their life that yeah you know saint francis would walk down the road and see a thorn bush and voluntarily (laughs) jump into it you know or catherine of siena it's like come on you know eat something please eat something (laughs) you know so it's it's that's just such a radical departure. And yeah, fundamentally, I've seen that uh, all throughout my life. Um, my whole testimony, my whole coming to know, you said like the word earlier, like that defines your life. My defining mm. kind of phrase is God is real and he loves me. Mm. And the way I came to know that was through suffering, was through physical suffering. Um, I was eight years old and I wanted to be a baseball player more than anything in the world. My dad had been the MVP of the Michigan baseball team. So I just wanted to be him. And I was really good at it, eight years old. Uh, and I developed a condition in my shoulder uh, called epiphysitis, which is just a fancy word for pain. Um, <laughs> but basically I wasn't going to be allowed to throw any sort of ball with my right arm until I was probably like 18 without serious pain. Mm. And, you know, you think about it, it's not like that big of a deal. It's, it's, it's a shoulder pain that you, you but my dream of being a baseball player mm, and, and when right. you're eight years old, this was a big deal, you know? And yeah, so it, totally. it kind of, the whole thing popped and, and, uh, I, it crushed me to some degree. And my parents who were believers who understood what this life was all about, um, sat me down after a couple of weeks of watching me mope around. And, you know, I, I got to the point where I couldn't raise my arm above my head without mm. really shooting pain all throughout. Hmm. And, uh, and they said, Pete, the only way you're going to be happy, the only way you're going to be fulfilled, uh, is if you give your life to Jesus, if you give him this pain. And because I had seen them do it and seen them live this hmm. consistently, uh, I did, I, you know, I got down on my knees at hmm. eight years old and said, Lord, I, I, I want to live for you and I give you all this pain, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. what's so interesting, it's not like the sky opened up and a dove descended or, you know, there was no, like, I didn't feel anything and I didn't, I wasn't healed. You know, it's not yeah. like the pain went away. In fact, the, yeah. the pain got worse over the coming years. But what happened is I started to know that my life was, was not my own. And that gave me tremendous peace, mm-hmm. tremendous joy. And then in uh, prayer time, I, I started, every time I would receive the Eucharist, I would just get kind of flooded with the love of God. I just, and this is mm-hmm. how I came to know that God is real and he loves me. I just, mm-hmm. through this shoulder injury, got kind of, kind of thrust into the heart of the Lord. And um, one day in prayer, he said, uh, Jesus just spoke to my heart and he said, um, Pete, will you suffer for me? Mm-hmm. That was the question he asked me. And uh, I was nine years old at the time. <laughs> and uh, I was so, I loved him so much. I didn't even, I didn't even hesitate. It was just like, mm-hmm. yes, Lord, I'll suffer for you. And mm-hmm. looking back on it, it's kind of like, oh, uh, <laughs> you don't like, know okay, what you're doing. Yeah, wow. uh, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so basically what that manifested was, is every single sports season, I played lots of different sports all the way from nine years old, all the way through college, except for one, mm-hmm. I got injured in some way and, and had to miss mm-hmm. games and I can go. Mm-hmm. Literally concussions, broken noses, broken thumbs, broken wrists, separated cartilage in the rib cage, um, oh, broken ankles, oh my goodness. broken toes. How can you even walk now? <laughs> yeah, like... well, when it rains, it's I'm I I can, I can feel it, you know. Um, <laughs> but really, it was this 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 physical suffering that the Lord brought me into all through college, and then my junior year of college, 
I was in another prayer time and the Lord asked me again to people, will you suffer for me? And, um, you know, now I knew what that meant or I thought <laughs> yeah. I knew what that meant. <laughs> so it took a, it took an extra beat uh, to, to, to say yes. <laughs> but I said, yes, I said, Lord, I'll suffer for you. And what that has looked like is, um, like really five of the most significant men in my life have died over the last six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've basically not entirely, but darn near lost my entire male, um, leadership and like kind of the, the, the men who formed me into who I am in, in mm-hmm. about a five year stretch. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, my father-in-law, my grandfather, uh, two very significant uncles and, and then my own dad. And, uh, so the suffering there was not my own suffering. It was the suffering of these men who made me in many ways who I am today. Um, And so different type of suffering, but every bit is transformative and every bit is challenging. And, um, and throughout all that, it's just been amazing how the Lord uses those moments um, both to draw me closer, but to bear witness to, to who he is and what he does. I mean, I'll never forget the day my dad died. He was, uh, he had a very rare form of cancer. Only 50 people in the United States get it every year. Wow. Um, and it was kind of this blood kind of, I don't know, they didn't even know what it was. So they just kept adding adjectives to it. It's eight words in the, the, the name of the cancer. And so the day he died, he's covered it. He's lost 50 pounds. He's covered in these grotesque purple sores and he's, mm. he's dying, right? And his sisters who are not believers came over mm. to comfort him. And he's sitting there and they're mm. crying and uh, we're all kind of sad and he's comforting them. You know, he's saying, it's okay. It's okay. I'm fine. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. And they, at one point they just kind of go like, what is going on? Like who, mm. why we came over here to comfort you and you're comforting us. And he said, listen, I've been a faithful Catholic man for 40 years. Uh, it's time to find out if this is all true. You know? <laughs> okay. and, oh, and he goes, so and I really, I really hope it is, you know, and we were all like, yeah, I hope it is too. But he had gone through the, the, the year of the treatment and the year of the cancer had purified him so much mm. that um, he was ready. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had, truly decided that the better portion was on the other side and he couldn't wait. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, that's the type of thing that just blows the mind of the world. Like the world yes. just cannot fathom how the worst thing that p- could possibly happen to a human being, you know, getting sick and in, in kind of the prime of his later life, he had just, he was a small business owner. He was a great grandfather, had a wonderful marriage about to be 40 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about his life that would have said like, Oh wow. You, yeah, this is kind of a blessing for you. You know, right. Mm-hmm. This was, this was the worst. And in the end, he and our whole family who were believers were celebrating at his funeral. Mm-hmm. We were crying, but we were celebrating because we knew he was with the one he loved the most, you know, mm-hmm. and the prize of everlasting glory was now his. And so that, that, that witness is, I think, maybe as significant a way that we show the world that there's something different about what we believe mm-hmm. as maybe anything else that we, we offer them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, I, so we, I mentioned this to you earlier, but I was at a renewal ministries gathering just a few days after your dad passed away and, yeah. um, you gave a talk. I think it, it wasn't really about ID 916. I don't, I think it was just like a sharing basically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and you mentioned, um, that, uh, that your father had passed and it was like very authentic and so real. And I, I, that moment has stuck with me sort of, and this was years ago, but it has stuck with me, you know, ever since then, because there was a different character. Like I, I loved it because it was like, 
there was real authentic sorrow and we all felt that and we all, everyone that was there who maybe knew your dad and knew you and all of us who didn't felt sort of united with you in some way, like to pray for your family, pray for your dad. But also there was a witness of hope, even in the midst of that sharing, which was so, it's exactly what you said. It's like mind boggling, you know? Um, And I think like one of the, one of the moments for me that led to this podcast happening was um, an experience at a Steubenville conference where Sister Miriam Heidland shared, she was giving a talk on healing and she shared that she didn't say what, but she was just like, I'm going through this even now. Like it's a constant thing in my life. And she sort of just teared up momentarily. And at the time I was going through a lot of um, interior suffering and I felt like I could breathe again when she did that. Cause I was like, Oh, someone else is, you know, someone else is going through this, but it's a different, there's a different character to it where it's not, it doesn't lead you to despair. It leads you to life mm-hmm. somehow. And it doesn't make yeah. sense because it's death and suffering, you know, but right. that's the Lord. And um, yeah, so it's so powerful. I mean, what you literally just said about that being a witness to others, I experienced, you know, mm. being witnessed to um, the, by the example and the witness of your father and of you mm. in, in dealing with sort of that. The Catholic world is so small sometimes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That's yeah. true. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Pete, I mean, we're, we're getting sort of to the end of our, of our episode. Um, but before we head into Godwings, which is our normal sort of closing section, um, I wanted to know if there's anything else you wanted to share with people about suffering, also about your ministry. We didn't actually, we just assume everybody knows who you are, but, <laughs> but just in case people don't know who you are, I think a lot of people who listen to our podcast probably do know who you are, but if in case someone doesn't, maybe, you know, want to share a little bit about your ministry and if there's anything sure. else you want to add. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, if, you, if you're interested in learning about what we do, uh, we're, we're ID, we dropped the 916 because nobody could oh. remember the numbers anyway. So <laughs> you're to just say ID. That's awesome. So, yeah. Our mission is to form young adults into intentional disciples. Uh, if you go to our website, uh, intentionaldisciples.com, don't be alarmed. It's ugly and it's under construction because we're building a new one right now. So I actually wouldn't nice. even encourage you to do that. Just, you can either reach out to me directly either on Instagram or email. It's just Pete at ID916.com if you want any more information. But no, the last thing I'll just say about suffering is um, it's really hard, you know, <laughs> not like it's fun. It, uh, yeah. It's not like, uh, it's not like I go through my day just like, yes, perfect. <laughs> you know, ah, oh, man, I Pain, feel, all right. yeah, it's like, man, I'm so glad I have a headache right now. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's just not, that's not the norm, you know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. often the, the, the fruitfulness of suffering is in the hindsight. Um, so yeah. when you look back on it, you can say, wow, look at the way the Lord sustained me in a way that I couldn't have possibly done it before. Or, you know, like, so in the moment, it's not like you're always acutely aware of how great it is. In fact, it's, it's painful. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I would just end with the, I invite all of your listeners to look up Sirach chapter two, mm. just read the first 15 verses or so of Sirach chapter two. I'm sure you've read it many times. Most people have read the book of Sirach. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a book. <laughs> all, the totally, all the time. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, wait, that's in the Bible. You know, <laughs> you, sure? you know? Um, so yeah, Sirach chapter two is just one of the uh, first 10, 12 verses is just some of the best stuff on what suffering is and mm-hmm. what the Lord uh, says about us in the midst of those, the fires of humiliation is one of the, mm-hmm. the lines. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. That, 
hits home. <laughs> I've read Sirach before. Obviously, I know that's a line in Sirach. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, no. I, mean, yeah, I know it's on your wall in, in nice yeah, calligraphy. But, definitely. Yeah. I just that's forgot right. it momentarily and it just hit me, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but for real, that is that line just sticks so, so strongly. Wow. Yeah, there's so much there. I mean, thank you so much for just sharing what's on yeah, your heart you. and, and um, what the Lord is doing, has done in your life and continues to do. Um, yeah, that's what this podcast really is all about. We want to be authentic in our own journey and um, hopefully share with people different, you know, other people's journeys who who might inspire them to persevere really and not feel so alone in the hard that is their suffering, whatever that is, you know. Sure. Um, so God winks, maybe Aaron, you can start us off this week. I can start us yeah. off this yeah. week. Sure. Um, so yeah, so my God wink for this week actually is, uh, I got a, an Amazon gift certificate for Christmas. And so I, I really wanted to get for a while, like a cross or something to wear around my neck because I just haven't had one in a long time. Mm. And so then I was looking at some stuff and I was like, oh, this one seems pretty good. And it's a, so for those who can't actually see or who are listening, it's like a heart with a cross in the middle of it. And I was like, do I really want a heart and a cross? Is that cheesy? I don't know. But then I remembered that um, the first time, so I'm a consecrated virgin and I received the consecration for that. But the couple years before that, I did like a private temporary promise of celibacy with my spiritual director just to kind of see what the fruits of that were in my life. And the ring that I used at that time, just to remind myself that I had actually done this, is like this Pandora ring that has mm-hmm. like some fake gems on it. But then it's got these little hearts in the band. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, hearts, bah, I don't, that seems cheesy. Um, but I mean, it's it's totally not right. Like it's the Lord loves me very much. So uh, the the thing matches the ring, which is really cool. But then when I got it in the mail, there was this little tiny card in it that says "Just for oh. you." <laughs> and oh. I I know. I and then I opened it, and it says nothing inside. <laughs> Because it's meant, I think, if you're going to give the thing as a present. Right. But for me, I was like, this is from the Lord to me. Like, mm. that, like, it's to, mm. it's to me from the Lord, you know? Um, wait, yeah. is that, did I say it wrong? Anyways, that yeah. was a God wink for me. I was like, oh, Lord, that's really nice. That's, that's nice. beautiful. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you're married to Jesus, you know, he gets you jewelry. That's how, that's, yeah. that's part, that's, that's a part of a healthy that's marriage, right? right? <laughs> Cubic me. I don't care. It's like, <laughs> yeah. there's an episode in the office where they discuss heart jewelry and the, the conclusion is like, well, no woman would ever buy heart jewelry for herself. It's obviously from some, <laughs> like from a guy, right? So there you go, Aaron. You're like, <laughs> your heart it jewelry. is from a man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, Nicole, what's your God wink? Yeah, my God wink this week was more of a God, like, like a little more extreme than a wink, I think. Um, so I, I was just, uh, a few days ago, I was just feeling just a lot of kind of confusion, confusion and desolation um, in a certain area of my life. And to the point where I was like, uh, I had just read the scripture of, of you know, Jesus and Peter walking on the water and then Peter falls in the water and he's like, okay, save me, Lord. And I was like, I'm not the Peter walking on the water. Like I'm, I'm the one in, in, in the water right now. And so I just, I felt like it was okay for me to kind of give that cry out to the Lord and just be like, okay, hey, you know what? I need a very clear, concrete, 
something. I need it soon. Just like help me out here. Cause I, I'm just kind of stuck in this, you know, kind of mental rabbit hole. Um, and about an hour later, I got uh, a Facebook message from, from someone that I, I, I met like four years ago and haven't talked to really since then. Um, and the message spoke directly to the area of, of what I was feeling, um, you know, uh, desolate and, and confused about and and completely it completely I was just totally put in a place of consolation after that and so uh so yeah that was my god wink this week it was a little more like a uh a direct I kind of demanded of the Lord and he kind of came through with that I guess he he, he wanted me to demand of him sometimes that's okay so <laughs> yeah yeah really yeah, blessed yeah. by that totally yeah. awesome yeah. what about you Pete what's your Got yeah, it. so uh, I was mentioning to you before that uh, my wife is on a new mission. She started a new mission mm-hmm. uh, with something called the Woman's School. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm very excited about it, very supportive, but very much in a new position of not being the one driving it. So it's been fun to, uh, like, hear her on the phone and, like, restrain myself from doing suggestions like you know like writing on a whiteboard like hey this use this word this word but she was on a call with uh and so we we felt very convicted this this is the right thing for her to do and you know we're in it but you know it's sometimes helpful when you make a big decision like this to get a little god wink and so we were on a a call uh she was on a call with all the other strategists and her brother who's the one he and his wife are the ones who built the whole thing Mm -hmm. um january donovan ryan in january so what part of my other story is, you know, my father-in-law died four days after we were married. He, he also had mm. cancer. And so, um, a lot that go, went into that, but Ryan, her brother had been asking his intercession to hit the goal of a hundred strategists as part of the women's school. That's what they're, and he was asking his help for that. And it turns out that when Kate signed on, she was the hundredth strategist. So cool. Which is totally wild. Oh. And you that's know, amazing. That's so beautiful. And there was that that wink from heaven. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my yeah. gosh, like, yeah. okay, I guess this is this is absolutely the thing yep. to be doing. And like for yeah. multiple people, you know, like for yeah. you, for them, for like the Lord yeah. is gives so in abundance. Good. Yeah. He's really good at does. this. Yeah. 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 He is. I mean, I think I'm gonna show you right in a second, but I think what struck me about all three of your God winks is like there is there they really are winks from heaven and like sometimes our God winks are like well this kind of thing happened is a bit more abstract but like these are like concrete very 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 concrete things and just, mm-hmm. I feel just called to be like whoever's listening you know God he works like that like it's not God isn't a concept like he is a person he loves us yeah. and he intervenes in our lives in all kinds of ways or you know or he yeah he, he relates to us in all these yeah. kind of real tangible ways it's so awesome um saying that mine is a little bit more abstract (laughs) than all than all of yours um um yeah so I've been sort of and I alluded to this at the beginning just this year I just feel called to a new kind of um I don't know like the Lord is calling me on something new that I don't really know what it is exactly and so it's just a time of silence and solitude really with the Lord, which I have, and I'm really alone in, in where I live right now, at least for a few weeks. And, um, I feel sort of called into this like desert time, which sounds so dramatic, like, you know, but, um, but that's sort of the word that's come to me for it. So I'm here and I feel like this whole week, the Lord has, there's been a lot of pain around that, but this whole week, I feel like the Lord has just, um, surrounded me with, my brothers and sisters in various ways and a lot of incredible conversations that have 
um, that have just resulted in, in fruit already where I need to start reflecting on those conversations. And honestly, this was one of them, like this conversation, again, there's just certain phrases and certain words that the Lord just keeps bringing back to me. Um, and I'll just share two of them. So one of them is the idea that Jesus is the prize. A friend literally just said that to me last night. And then you just mentioned it in passing Pete in our conversation today, like, um, and it stuck out to me. And then, um, and then the other one is that Sirach verse, the humiliation, what was it? The humiliation, the fires of humiliation. The, yeah, the fire of humiliation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the furnace of humiliation. Too. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I I shouldn't be really that overjoyed about that being a word that the Lord is speaking to me multiple times, but it, yeah, but there you go. So that's my God wink so for this good. week. That's the great. furnace of humiliation, everyone. But yeah, well, Sirach. You got to read the next, the ver- next verse is so important though, because it says what, <laughs> he puts in the fire it says everything you need to know about how he sees you what does Mm -hmm. he put in the fire it says he gold is tested in the fire Mm -hmm. and acceptable men and women in the furnace of humiliation so if you're in the furnace of humiliation it means you're gold amen praise god you are rachel i love it (laughs) praise god (laughs) yep um yeah So, yeah. So thank you so much, Pete. Honestly, I feel like we could have talked to you for a very, very long time. Part of me is like, oh, I wish we had our podcast with like two hours long, (laughs) but, uh, but it's not. So, but thank you so much. That's been, I will be chewing on this conversation for a while. So thanks guys. God bless everybody. God bless you. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.